ఓమ జ్ఞాన చేరంధస్య జ్ఞానంజన శ్లాకాయ చక్షురు మిలితం ఏన తస్మై శ్రీ గురవే నమ festival in the memory of balabhadra bhattacharya das brahmachari who passed away a few days ago how many of you knew balabhadra who we talking about if you ever met him you wouldn't ever forget him unique personality who uh, passed away a few days ago in a road accident was, uh, traveling by motorbike which isn't very much recommended it's very dangerous to travel by motorbike truck he was traveling between bangalore and hyderabad in south india he was uh, he was in charge of sangitan party taking it from hyderabad to bangalore and he was coming back alone and he was hit by a truck and he was passed so this morning i'd like to speak about him and his devotional service uh, first saw him i think it must have been 94 when i first Actually, it was the second time I came to Russia, but it was the first time since 1985, the first time of my regular visit. So I visited his hometown of Yaroslav, and uh, at that time, the ISKCON center was in, a, it was in an abandoned building. So we were having kirtans there. He was very, he was very big, and he was back to Yevgeny, and he was very big and tall. So he was jumping very enthusiastically and almost up in the ceiling. And the whole building was shaking so much. It was a really dilapidated building. Yes. The whole building was shaking so much that we were saying, well, maybe we shouldn't. Maybe we should dance less enthusiastically. So he was, that was uh, a very prominent trait. He was very enthusiastic. Later he came to be initiated by me and he came to India and... and like to do book distribution. He's always very enthusiastic for distributing Prabhupada's books. And uh, in, in India, he, from the beginning, he, he was like a leader. He had, the, he had some leadership quality. And it was understood. Balabhadra means book distribution. He was always either distributing books or arranging for others to distribute books or thinking how to distribute more books. And pretty much every day he was out distributing books. He spent a few years in Gujarat and uh, for some time he was on the... We had a local pediatra there or something. So he was going in villages and distributing many books. Then uh, some more devotees were coming. So and the, the, they were more, they were thinking, oh, you're going to get a vehicle and travel and travel more widely. So there were different plans to get vehicles. We eventually got one vehicle, but then uh, he, he managed to get some old second-hand vehicle. He was traveling around in that. Then uh, we got some bigger van, but that wasn't very good. And then uh, just last year, he had to come back to Russia to get a new passport. And he spent a few months distributing books here. Um, he told me how he would distribute. I think it's, it's a common technique here among the book distributors. And he would dress up in a suit and go to see the big businessmen, especially people who run bars and casinos and so many things where there's some illegal things going on. And uh, I can't remember exactly. He had some identification card which made him look like he was in the police. Yeah, it looks like, outwardly, it looks like a police because it's red and has a, uh, this sign of, you know, of the, of the Russian country. What do you call it? Kind of stamp? ID card or something? No, no, I mean the, the symbol of the country. And the insignia? Insignia, yeah, the country. Eagle. 
everything. So it looks like a policeman's brain. But inside it was like a member of some preaching organization. <laughs> so he was just out, taking this out and the very side of it you know, produced. Yeah, sure. <laughs> no, you can see. <laughs> I'll just the whole thing. Yeah. yeah. So they've become Total. very afraid and think that now they have to pay some, some big fine or bribe. By showing this, he could get right in and see all the top people. But then, uh, when they, then he would introduce, they were really afraid, and then he'd introduce it. Actually, we just want to show you these books, and then they'd be, ah. When they realized they just had to buy a set of books which didn't cost very much compared to what they thought they'd have to pay. And then, oh, okay, fine, fine, no problem. It sells so many books. No sense of books. A little unorthodox, but anyway, the books got distributed. Then in, uh, in India also, he was very expert at getting to see all different top people. He'd go in the office of some big company or government department and somehow or other he'd get in and see the top person first of all. He would go right in and the guards and everything, he just would ignore them. Seeing as he was much bigger than, far bigger than the average Indian person, there wasn't much they could say or do to stop him. But he was very good at dealing with these top people and they'd be happy to see him. He'd mostly sell them all sets of books and then you'd go around all the office and sell so many people. He was also uh, very interested to study the books. He was, uh, Carefully studying philosophy. He's very intelligent, actually. Although he was like, you know, he might seem like somewhat passionate, but when he was going out and distributing books, he was also very philosophical. Although he didn't speak any English at all when, he, when I first met him. Within a short time of coming to India, he was speaking fluent. I mean, there's, you know, a certain style of English, but he could, he could understand everything and communicate everything. This means grammatically not very perfect, but everything was understood. Generally, he would read books in English, and he was all the time, because there's Russian devotees in India everywhere, so he would all the time be translating the lectures. I think probably more than any other disciple, I chastised him more than any. He had a lot of energy and sometimes it burst out in different directions. I had to like put, put it back in the right direction. Like something like a, like a racing horse. A lot of, lot of energy, but you have to really keep it under control. They'll take it, they'll ride all over the place. So, uh, I would chastise him. One reason I knew that he would take the chastisement because he was actually very, uh, even though he was a little wild nature sometimes, he was actually very, uh, very dedicated to me and respected myself. And although, like, uh, like I was saying, like a racing horse, he was sometimes a little difficult to handle, but his intentions were always very pure. He was very respectful. Yeah, mm. that was before. Okay. No, after you said that he was like a racing horse then? Yeah, we said um, that uh, even though he was sometimes a little difficult to control, like maybe like a racing mm. horse, for example, but his intentions were very oh. pure. His intentions were always He was only thinking how to serve and how to preach, especially how to distribute proper crops. And uh, he was, I say, he was a little, a little wild and that, but I mean, in his basic practice of Krishna consciousness, sadhana was very good. He would be up every morning, early in the morning, in the Chinese room, attend class. And then all day he would work very hard. It's not so easy to go out in the heat in India in the day, day after day, going out and buying books. Like I was saying, he was a, he was a natural leader type. But he, he wanted to take charge. Engage more people in book distribution. He was experiencing some difficulty in leading, 
it's like I said, he had a lot of energy and difficulty most of the devotees to keep up with him. But uh, he was doing well. Like I said, he was a little, little uh, strong-headed, but he was. I could see he was. He was become much gradually becoming much more mature and level-headed. So I was very. Uh, I was thinking in the future he'll do so many services. I was thinking actually how he'll develop in future because he was, he was actually having a lot of physical problems with his back because of carrying so many books all the time. So I was I was thinking for the years ahead then what other services he can, he can do. He was looking actually for someone to help him with cultivating because he met so many interested people in very top positions. He was looking for someone to help him. He was looking him. for someone to, to cultivate oh. the people oh. To help him cultivate. Yeah, so we're expecting him to do so many things. But another thing you can see from Krishna through his energy, Maya, arranged something. Oh, there's, there's some other points I, I should have mentioned. He was also he very much liked to do kirtan. Apart from temple kirtans, he was always, he was sometimes like to sit down and just chant with other devotees. Apart from the regular schedule of kirtan. So actually, it's a great loss for the Sankirtan movement, uh, which it says in Bhagavad Gita, Anusha Ramasanastri Shri, Kastid I don't remember. Krishna says out of thousands of people, one hardly one is interested in searching for the truth. And of those who are who have attained the truth, hardly one knows me. So not so many people take up Krishna consciousness very seriously. And out of those who do, uh, not that many take up preaching very seriously. And even if they take up the preaching seriously, then most of they have so many family and other responsibilities. So he was exceptional in that regard. He was acting on the platform of pure devotional service of surrender to Krishna. His, all his activities were simply focused on how to serve Guru and Krishna within the Sankirtan movement. So, like I say, it's a very great loss. We don't know why. Just uh, a few months previously to this, Krishna was also left this world in road accident. So then uh, one disciple of mine wrote that he, in the last year, he knew nine devotees who had left the world in road accident. So there are some lessons to be learned from this also. One thing is to drive carefully. These vehicles are very dangerous actually because we're used to we're used to going in these vehicles and we take it as normal, but actually it's extremely dangerous. Any slight inattention and kind of causes us. And even if one is attentive, then still it's very dangerous. That devotee Mahatma was telling that uh, in Los Angeles, one Mataji devotee, she was driving. She stopped at the stoplight, but uh, so the light turned green, and then she proceeded not fast, but just at a normal speed. If someone came the other way, they tried to ignore the stoplight and came and rammed right into and killed. So it's very dangerous. We should remember. We say that the preachers take risks, so that's true in various ways. Preachers take risks in as much as they go among 
non-devotees, people are not interested in Krishna. They may even be offensive towards the devotees or misbehave in various ways. Or even if they're friendly, they may be just very materialistic. When we go out preaching, then we go among materialistic atmosphere. So it is a risk to our own Krishna consciousness. It may be physically a risk also. Especially like this book distribution, you go door to door and you can meet some people. That, I don't know if it happens in Russia very much, but in I guess it can happen anywhere, that uh, people may just physically assault them. Maybe not in Asia so much, because there's still the culture respecting them. In Western Europe and America, it's quite possible. And there's also the risk that you take that, uh, actually, if you want to preach very seriously and very straightforwardly, in many countries, at some point you're going to have to break someone's law. So they'll say, don't uh, don't distribute books outside this shop or something. Even for chanting Hare Krishna, you can sometimes get arrested. When I was a new devotee, I, I used to arrest it almost every day. Or even if I wasn't arrested, I used to go to the court for other people, pretend to be them, just to save their time. And pretend? Yeah, I'd, I'd pretend to be them, because they'd be, they'd be arrested for book distribution. Mm. So I would go in their place. Mm. I would go in their place and pay the five pounds fine, and then they would go out. So there are various risks that preachers take. And one of them is traveling itself, that's also a risk. Especially in the modern age, like I say, traveling in trains and planes. And so please be very careful, especially going by car. Because many of the, I see in Russia now, the roads are they're very, very dangerous. There's, uh, there's too much traffic. Many times the driver, they'll, they'll cut out, they'll, they'll overtake with another vehicle coming the other way. They'll take very great risks. <coughs> so please be careful. We all want you to go back to go ahead. Not so cool. Because we have service to do also. We all have service to do in the Sankirtan movement. Uh, one thing we can learn from Alabadra Bhattacharya's life is this, this Dedication to preaching Krishna consciousness. Nowadays, we, we hear a lot of talk about how devotees they like to talk about gopis and rasleela and so many things. But uh, in almost all cases, quite artificial. Because uh, those who are talking, they're not really fixed in Krishna consciousness at all. They don't really understand what they're talking about at all. We see that Prabhupada was a very practical acharya. Acharya means he should be practical because he has to teach people how to practice Krishna consciousness. There's uh, one story, I'll tell you, Prabhupada was on one morning walk. And one devotee kept on asking questions about our, our position in the spiritual world and our relationship with the gopis and so on and so forth. About questions about about uh, our position in the spiritual world, oh. relationship, gopis, pastimes, and Christians. And Prabhupada he didn't answer these questions, and he seemed to be a little annoyed actually that even this person was asking these questions. So one of the devotees, Shravas, he's now the oh. for many years now he's been town president in Los Angeles. So. He'd never said anything to Prabhupada in his life before he could cover his own sentence. And he thought that I want to say something to Prabhupada at least once in my life. So he wanted to say something that would please Sri Prabhupada. So he suddenly spoke up and said, Prabhupada, I'm one of your book distributors and we're going to the airport and distributing your books every day. And we try to distribute at least a hundred books every day. We're not successful, but we're trying to do that. Usually we distribute about 80 books a day. Prabhupada stopped and looked at him. And a big smile came on Prabhupada's face. Prabhupada said, yes, this is a real disciple. He is simply interested how to serve and please the spiritual. So by that, Prabhupada was showing that what is the difference between someone who's thinking, 
I want to be a gopi, I will enjoy this Krishna, and someone who simply thinks how to serve the spiritual master. So, Balabhadra Bhattacharya, he had understood this. He was uh, absorbed in how to distribute Srila Prabhupada's books and how to please Srila Prabhupada. So, he was very much focused on this all the time, thinking like this. Uh, how to personally just he was personally distributing books, organizing others to do so. He was thinking how to bring more men to distribute books. But all of a sudden, I mean, it's always unexpected. But, you know, sometimes these things are very difficult to understand. Why? Because we know that uh, nothing can happen without ultimately without Krishna's sanction. And particularly, we understand that devotees who have taken to devotional service, then under the protection of the internal energy. And especially those who take all risks to preach, then uh, Prabhupada explained that Krishna, he takes special care of them. Prabhupada gave the example, just like a country, of a country that is at war, that all the, naturally the government, they, they're concerned with all the citizens. Naturally the government is concerned with all the citizens. Which means... Um, it can be translated in this or that way, depends upon the sense. Concerned means what? That they look after. Yeah. Oh. But especially they are, the, the government is interested to see that those on the front line, they are looked after, that they have enough food and clothing, because they're taking more risks, and their role is very crucial. If those men, if the men on the front line don't function properly, then everyone else can function properly, but you'll lose the war. So why exactly... Uh, Krishna would take him away like this. We don't know. Krishna knows. But uh, one thing is for sure that he is under the protection of Krishna. And his destination is uh, going to be a very auspicious one. If he remembered Krishna at the time of death, then he must have gone directly to Krishna. If not, then he will get a good birth and an opportunity to again continue in Krishna consciousness. This is exactly what Prabhupada said when his dear disciple Jayananda passed away. So in one sense there is nothing to lament. We know that Najayate Mriyate Bhakada Chinnayam Bhutna Bhadita Vana Bhuddha Ajo Nityam Shashvata Yang Purana Hanyati Hanyamani Shriyam We know that for the soul there is never birth nor death. He does not uh, come into being nor does he ever cease to exist. He is uh, unborn, eternal. These are the qualities of the soul. He, the soul is not killed when the body is killed. So, there's nothing to lament for the passing of the body. But we also feel unhappy because we are deprived of the association of devotees. We should also, in seeing this, understand to help us to remember that we also, we're not going to stay with God. We should all try to do something to satisfy Krishna before we leave this body. If any of us can distribute as many books as Balabhadra did doing his Maybe what, uh, about eight years he was doing book distribution. If any of us could do throughout our lives as much as he did in those eight years, then that would be a very great credit for us. He definitely got many, many blessings from Srila Prabhupada. He said that uh, with every book you distribute, you make some advancement in Krishna consciousness. Of course, everyone has different ways to, everyone's serving Krishna differently. Not everyone's going to be a full time book distributor, but 
everyone should try to do something in this regard, because Prabhupada emphasizes so much. Sometimes we say that uh, in ISKCON, book distribution is a family business. Actually, you don't know what family business is, because you come from communist culture. Yeah. But in the, in the West now also, it's, it's all multinational corporations, but traditionally they used to be family businesses. Something maybe on a small scale like a shop or a timber works or something like that. And generation after generation, they would be in the family the same business. Sometimes we say that uh, in ISKCON, book distribution, it's a family business. Because uh, Bhaktino Taco was, first of all, he took up this printing and publishing of books. He sent his he sent uh, copies of his book, The Life and Teachings of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to universities in the Western world. And he started the Satyanatosha magazine. And he taught his son, Siddhanta Saraswati, how to edit, proofread, and also how to work the printing machine. But this son, Saraswati Thakur, was so expert, he, even if something went wrong with the machine, he knew how to fix it himself. So, Bhaktis Sansa coined this term, Brihat Madanga, Brihat Madanga. We all know the example that this small Madanga, that can be heard in a limited area, but books, they go So, the Madanga that was made very big by Bhaktis Sansa Sansa was made colossally huge by Srila Prabhupada. And uh, that idea that Bhaktis Sansa Sansa gave of told, and that idea he gave was expanded literally millions of times by Prabhupada had literally millions of books translated, published in English and in other languages and distributed all over the And he emphasized very strongly that he wanted his, his disciples to continue distributing these books. So this is our family business. Even going back in history we see that uh, Yasadev, he was writing, writing, writing. And then the six Goswamis of Vrindavan, they wrote so many books. Nana, Shastra, Vichara, Naika, Nipunu, Sadharma, Samstapaka, Lokana, Nana, Six Goswamis, they were very expert in scrutinizing and studying all the revealed scriptures with the aim of establishing eternal religious principles for the benefit of all mankind. Thus, they are honored by everyone. They have a wonderful contribution. So the six Goswamis, they were writing books, and then in the next generation, uh, Jiva Goswami, he sent out Shamananda Srinivasa and wrote and go and take these books and distribute this now. And uh, subsequently, uh, of course, the six Goswamis wrote so many important books. And then uh, in our Sampradaya also, so many Acharyas, they wrote so many important books. Krishnadas Kaviraj Goswami, Vishwanath Chakravarti Thakur, Daladev Vidya Bhushan, they gave so much important literary contribution. And again, later on, Bhakti Rao Thakur and Bhakti Siddhanta Thakur, so many important books and other writings. Prabhupada, he distilled the essence of all the instructions of the previous Acharyas and took them in his purpose. Prabhupada said that by reading my books, you get in contact with the previous Acharyas. So this is our family business to distribute these books to others. So as, as much as possible, all of us should try to do this. Whatever else we're doing in Krishna consciousness, we should always think how to distribute books. Some of you, we have some Brahmacharis here who are doing that, and dedicated to those. They have two distributing books in Moscow here. Vedanta has 
distributing books and sounds in here. Separate party. And uh, Gunnar is also translating and publishing and helping to distribute my books, which is continuing the family tradition. Of course, Prabhupada's books, they are the law books for the next 10,000 years, as Prabhupada said. Prabhupada also wanted his disciples to write books. Of course, not with the idea to place Prabhupada's books, no, no, no such idea, but to, uh, to illuminate points that Prabhupada has made. Prabhupada said that my disciples will write commentaries on my purpose. So that is the natural function of any preacher. You will write. That is kirtan. That will go on. Prabhupada said that my purports are my devotional ecstasy. Sometimes we think, well, we should expect some advanced devotees to show some signs of ecstasy. They should cry and become stunned or something. Prabhupada did sometimes, but he would hide such symptoms. Unlike the sahajiyas who they, 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 they advertise, they have they show some false signs of ecstasy and advertise. They, they want to show everyone, see what, a, what an advanced devotee is. Prabhupada said, my purports are my devotion ecstasy. Because in his purpose, Prabhupada glorified Krishna. This is his service to Krishna. Actually, we're not interested in ecstasy. We're interested in service. Ecstasy, that is a sign, that is a byproduct. But if a devotee doesn't think how I will enjoy ecstasy, he thinks how I will serve Krishna. Just like that's described in the nature of devotion, for example. Daruka, who happens to be the chariot driver of Krishna. So one time he was banning Krishna. But while he was doing so, he became stunned in ecstasy. Then he realized, I've become stunned, and now I can't find Krishna because of this ecstasy. I don't want this ecstasy, I want to find Krishna. My service is being impeded. What is the use of this so-called ecstasy? So Prabhupada expressed his ecstasy by his tibra bhakti, fully focused how to serve Krishna by spreading the Sankirtan movement. That uh, the, the force of his bhakti for Krishna, instead of... Instead of being expressed in some external display, was expressed by his day and night, day after day, writing his books, preaching Krishna consciousness, spreading the Sankirtan. And he wanted his disciples to inherit that mood or imbibe that mood. So we can confidently say that Balabhadra Bhattacharya Prabhu, he had imbibed that mood of Tibra Bhakti, or very concentrated powerful devotion. So he was very focused on pushing on the Sankirtan movement by distributing Prabhupada's books. First he was, uh, everyone has some various struggles with the mind. But he didn't become overwhelmed by that. He went on with his service. That is the sign of someone who's a uh, pure devotee. He's uh, pure in the sense that his very clear intention is only to serve Krishna. So if someone is very determined and dedicated to serving Krishna, even the mind may have various wanderings, but that fixity in serving Krishna, that is pure devotion. And despite whatever conditioning may be there from previous lives or whatever, if one has this very strong determination to serve the Sankirtan movement, then very quickly all these disturbances will go away and one will actually fix in pure devotion. So in one sense there is no cause to lament this person. We lament that we are deprived of his association. We are sorry that the conditioned souls will not be getting so many books as they would have done if he was still here. But at the same time, you know, his life is glorious. His life is glorious. From the time of taking up Krishna consciousness, he never deviated from Krishna consciousness. 
He was out in the battlefield. He was fully engaged in, in distributing books and pushing forward the book distribution. And in that situation, he left this particular body. So if a soldier dies on the battlefield, that is most glorious. So as Prophet said about the passing of his own Guru Maharaj, there is nothing to be remembered. Balabhadra's mother and stepfather are also devotees. Stepfather means uh, his mother was she was divorced and then again remarried. His stepfather especially is uh, very much promoting the activities of this one in Ivanova. By Krishna's grace he's earning lots of money and he's spending it for expanding the Sankirtan. That uh, he's, he's financing the activities of the temple that mostly exist. And the temple there is quite Flourishing. So, like I said, we like to dedicate this festival to him in his memory. I last saw him at another festival, the Rathiatra festival in Roda. So, he distributed on that day, I think, more than three. He personally distributed more than 300 books on that day. There are huge crowds coming out. So. Yeah, he was the top distributor. Others were distributing 200, 150, he distributed three. And then, two days later, in Surat, which is another city close to Baroda, we had a all-day festival actually, and uh, he brought one devotee from Russia there. He, well, he brought him there from Hyderabad to get initiated. So he initiated, and he took him off to South India for book distribution. So at that time, we were discussing where he could go for book distribution, and I was discussing maybe he'd go to Bangalore. That's a very good city for book distribution. So actually, he went there, and did, he he uh, he reported to the devotees in Hyderabad that he's very happy there. It's very good response they're getting. So he's in a very happy and confident mood. And then suddenly, well, Krishna took him. But yes, Krishna took him. So. <coughs> We're not disappointed. We know that Krishna is looking. Krishna has some plan for him. That we don't understand. We shall understand in due course of time. So it's also, when anyone passes away, it's also time for us to reflect also. That we should always remember that everything in this world is temporary. And therefore we should perform devotional service. Day and night, having got this human form of life, we should properly utilize it. Bhagavatam Lord Krishna explains that having attained this human form of life, which is very rare to attain, it comes after many, many births, we should properly utilize it. It's very much temporary, it won't last long, but it is very, also very valuable. Because this human form of life can be utilized to understand Krishna. This Prahlad Maharaj also explained. He says that from the very beginning of life, someone who is actually very thoughtful and intelligent should engage in Krishna consciousness. Prahlad Maharaj said that even though this human form of life is temporary, it is very, very valuable because in this life we can cultivate Krishna consciousness. So Krishna says the same thing. We should consider that sometime this body is going to drop down dirt. So Krishna says as long as it hasn't dropped, 
As long as you're able to utilize this human form, like utilize it for developing Krishna consciousness. You may think, well, there are so many other things I could do. What about sense enjoyment? Why don't I enjoy my senses? But Krishna says that we've already enjoyed that in so many lives. Sense gratification is available in every species. We've already enjoyed eating, sleeping, mating and defending 84 lakhs, 8 million, 400,000 species of life. Now we should, uh, having got this human form of life, we should use it to become Krishna conscious. Because we never know when we will have to leave this body. Just like, you see, no one expected it. He would go away so soon. He was making plans and I was also future, where they would go, how they would develop the Sankhita. I was also thinking about this future, but Krishna had another plan. So we have to surrender to Krishna. Of course, as long as we're living in this world, we should should not live irresponsibly. We should make some kind of uh, arrangement for how we're going to live in the future. Just like if you have to travel somewhere to preach, you should arrange to buy the ticket and like this. Or, uh, if you, for instance, if you decide that you're going to get married, then you should arrange for some house and some income and so on. So we should make plans, but at the same time, we should understand that at any time, Krishna can cut short of the story. So we should live our lives in such a way that as if we were not to see another sunrise. We should live our lives in such a way, understanding that Krishna can take us anytime. So we should so we'll finish this lecture there. Shri Balabhadra Bhattacharya Prabhu Ki Jai. I'm sorry to